2: Welcome into the Nuts. I'm Mike Palm. He's Amal Shaw. In just 10 minutes, we'll have Linda Cohn. She'll be out of the crease and on the Nuts to talk about Knights, v- Knights of VGK and the Canadians of Montreal meeting in the, quote, Western Conference Finals tonight, as well as her reaction to Tampa Bay losing at home and Emily in Game 1 to the Islanders. But first of all, I want to talk about, oh, how the times have changed. On Friday, heading into the weekend, we're talking about the New Jersey Nets. How good was this big three? That, the assumption they're going to come out of the East. By the way, I just Milwaukee's want to let you know, that about they, a, they play in Brooklyn. Yeah. <laughs> yes, thank you, The <laughs> Milwaukee's about a $6 dog in the series. The Nets are the favorites to win everything. And here we sit on Monday, and the Nets are the underdog in this series. First, do you agree with that?
3: Uh, well, to me, that tells you the severity of the Kyrie Irving ankle injury. Uh, he turns his ankle on uh, Giannis Tetakumpo's foot. That's going to have a huge factor in terms of how this team is. James Harden still out with the hamstring situation. I think it has a big factor. Kevin Durant really struggled to shoot the basketball in the two games in Milwaukee. Without having Kyrie, I think it becomes a much more difficult task for this team. They're so reliant on their big three. I don't know if I'd make Milwaukee the favorite, because remember, the Nets still hold home court advantage. And we see these teams when they return home. We saw it with the Clippers in game three. We saw it with this uh, Milwaukee team in games three and four at home. So I think Brooklyn's got a great chance to be able to steal game number five at home.
2: Who had the better weekend, the Phoenix Suns or the Milwaukee Bucks?
3: Well, obviously the Phoenix Suns series is over. They moved on they got plenty of time to rest. I think this Utah series could be very challenging for both sides between the Clippers and the Jazz. Still remains to be seen who's going to emerge from that one. Phoenix, remember this year, 3-0 against the Suns and 1-2 against the L.A. Clippers. So a good opportunity for them either way. Uh, Chris Paul has been tremendous so far in this postseason for this team. Uh, But I, I like Phoenix where they're sitting right now, going to be able to rest. You're looking at the Jazz right now, having to play, or the Clippers, having to play a minimum of two maybe four more games. What a great opportunity. And remember, their series is actually behind in days, so you're going to be able to get that rest. And I understand people say rest, Russ. Let me tell you something. Nobody wants to play more games. Nobody wants to be fatigued. Rest is always an advantage in professional sports when you're competing at this level.
2: If you're Phoenix, I know you're hoping this goes seven games, first and foremost. Yeah. But do you want home court and face the Clippers? Or? There's no question.
3: Yeah. <laughs> it, to me, when you look at Talking Stick, look at the number of fans that were in Denver last night supporting the Suns team. Look, the Valley of the Sun, that baseball team, excuse me, let me correct myself, that double-A affiliate that they have down there that plays in a professional ballpark, that not, team, You're
2: not being fair. They, single have, a? they have won one of their last 25 games. <laughs> That's exactly... Lost 14, <laughs> won a game, and now they're on a 10-game losing streak. I mean, th-
3: this team is horrendous. <laughs> By the way, Bethlehem They had a 5-0 lead. You were here in the book. I said Saturday you, afternoon, I said, they
2: were up 5-0. He says, you look, it looks like Arizona's going to win a game. I said, not so fast. Yeah, you go. Know, there's still
3: three innings to go, and they came back and won the Angels did in that one, but... To me, when you're the Suns at home, I think it's a huge advantage. Uh, it, it's just going to be a factor in terms of their chances. The other thing is uh, for them, I think they match up particularly well with the Utah Jazz, but I still think the Jazz at home are a more dangerous team than the Clippers being at Staples Center. By the way, just quick footnote on the Jazz. I, I really would love to see the Jazz get to the uh, NBA Finals and win it all. But I'm telling you, I hate the fact that they changed their home floor coloring. They should have gone with that classic jazz look that they had for so many years.
2: Nikola Jokic, league MVP, yep. gets ejected in game
3: Horrible four. call. Horrible call. It's unbelievable. It was one of the worst calls I've ever seen. He reaches on Cameron Payne. He gets the basketball. But because he came down with such just authority on the ball, they, they eject him on the call. I like John Moran's tweet. League's too soft. He's 100% right. And what part of that? I mean, to me, he's 100% right.
2: So the league MVP gets swept in a, in a playoff series. That's the fourth time that this has happened. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar got swept in the 77 conference finals. Moses Malone, first round in 79. Magic Johnson in the 89 finals against the Bulls. He, was but he got to, injured. Yes, that's correct. And Byron now,
3: Scott also got injured in that series.
2: And now Nikola Jokic, tw- 2021 second round. For, go ahead, sorry. Go ahead. For this team, Phoenix,
3: is Chris Paul the most valuable player? Who else is there? Well, I, I don't know. I think Booker's awful good. But you know what Booker was? Booker was a guy that put up empty stats until Paul arrived. Now, he, if you notice, he doesn't score as much, but he's, his points are much more valuable. No, it's Chris Paul all day.
2: Clippers, Jazz, current series price. Clippers are plus 155, hosting game four at home, down 2-1 tonight. You have to lay about $2 if you still like the Jazz to close out.
3: You know, I'd lean towards Utah, but I wouldn't want to lay it at this price. Things still a bit of a steep price. Clippers have a great chance they were dominant in game number two, excuse me, game number three. If they can play just even half as well, I think they have a great chance. Remember, uh, this was a Utah team that was off the charts in terms of their shooting on the three-point arc in Game 2.
2: Were you surprised how easily the Clippers won Game 3 at home?
3: I'm not, simply because there are certain games where you just know there's a momentum swing, there's a human element to it. The Clippers had to win that basketball game. If they don't, it would have been season over.
2: This is The Nuts. I'm Mike Palm. He's Amal Shaw. In five minutes, we'll have ESPN's Linda Cohn on to discuss the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs. Amal, let's continue on with the NBA We've got two games tonight. We'll start out in the East where the 76ers retook home court advantage on Friday night with that victory over the Atlanta Hawks in Atlanta, broke their 18-game home winning streak, uh, and did it rather impressively. We see the Sixers, who were two-point favorites the previous game, now a three-point favorite tonight, total of 225.5.
3: Yeah, I don't like the line move in terms of this team being a uh, one one additional point favorite because mm-hmm. I think it was two in game number mm-hmm. three. Correct. Uh, but if you look at this one, the one thing that was critical in this one, the difference was the three-point shooting. Uh, 76ers, 48% from downtown. The Atlanta Hawks just 26%. However, when you look at it in totality, it's only a 12-point differential. The reality of it was just the D, a great job that they did on the offensive glass. That was one of the keys, out-rebounding on plus eight on the offensive rebounds.
2: This series has played to the over. They've adjusted the total up, 221, 222, 23, and a half, 224. Now we see 225 and a half tonight. Amal, are you interested in the total?
3: <laughs> I, Mike, <laughs> listen, I'm having a hard enough time win games, okay? Rafael Nadal the just helps over now, Amal. It's I know, time thank, to God. Turn the yeah, thank God. At least I got Novak ready for the U.S. Open and Wimbledon. Hopefully he can win the Grand Slam, but... Mike, you know, I get your point, but to me, I don't know. I think we're going to have one game where it's a real defensive effort, and if you are the Atlanta Hawks, you're going to get back in this series. You've got to play some defense, and this is the game to do it. So many times when a team gets embarrassed, a good opportunity is to bet against them in terms of a total coming back and playing well defensively.
2: I agree with you here, and I actually have a play on the NBA tonight in the playbook. I didn't think the Hawks could have played any worse in Game 3, and I think they bounced back tonight. Let's switch to the Western Conference now. The remaining series, Jazz versus Clippers. So far, home court has held in all three games. 2-1 Jazz heading into game four tonight at Staples. Clippers five-point favorite at home, minus 210 on the money line. 224 is a total here in this game. The over is 7-1 in the last Jazz eight games the Jazz have played.
3: Yeah, you know, the difference in this game was really the Clippers' three-point shooting in game number uh, three. They go 53%, but the Jazz, were they shot well, 43%. I mean, they both made the same number of three-point shots. It really just came down to field goals made in terms of overall. 14 more made buckets by the L.A. Clippers. If you're Utah, you've got to be able to negate that and really slow down on the points in the paint. They were outscored by 12 That was really the key difference. You know, everyone talks about the arc and the three-point shooting. It's great if you have Clay and Steph on your team, the most prolific three-point shooting combo in the history of the league. But the reality is at the end of the day, and Chris Paul proved this in the Denver series, that mid-range jump shot, easier looks at the basket are still the best way to go if you want to win. Clippers go to the paint. They attack the paint. Go after Rudy Gobert and company. That's the difference in a one-sided win on Saturday night.
2: Let's talk about series prices, uh, where they currently stand. And I want to ask you, if you think or if you like the Hawks tonight, right now they get $5 in the series against the 76ers. 76ers are minus 770. Now you saw even after the 76ers lost game one at home, they were still favored minus 120, right? They were the only one that they didn't flip the favorite on. If you think the Hawks can even up the series tonight, aren't you better off taking the Hawks at plus $5 in the series, and you can go back and get the 76ers maybe around minus $2 tomorrow?
3: Yeah, absolutely. You mm-hmm. take them at the plus five, assuming they win this game, mm-hmm. and then you just come back and you lock in a profit. Now, the argument can be made, you just bet the game tonight and you win one game straight up. But I think you've got a greater opportunity from a financial perspective if you bet this team in terms of the series price. There's tremendous opportunities to arbitrage throughout the uh, entirety of this series.
2: All right, everyone, we want to bring back to the show Linda Cohn. Obviously, everyone knows her from ESPN, from SportsCenter, and from In the Crease on ESPN+. Plus. You can hear her on SiriusXM, NHL Network as well. Good morning, Linda. How are you?
4: Hey, good morning. Thanks for having me.
2: Very excited to have you on again. First of all, let's talk about Game 1 and Emily Yesterday where the New York Islanders steal home ice in the series with an impressive two one victory over Tampa Bay. We see the series price now, Linda, is a straight up pick'em where the Lightning were minus two fifty before the series started. Is this the right time to jump in on the Lightning? I don't think anybody has been a better road team in the playoffs than Tampa Bay.
4: Yeah, and I know. I think all of us so called experts should have been surprised that Tampa would have lost game one at home. I mean, everyone just simply forgot their incredible road record through the first two uh, series, but you know, I'm kind of kicking myself because I've been, I, I have this thing going with Islander fans of like every time I pick against them, they win, you know. So I'm like, so I'm making my picks for Tampa and the Islanders for the series, and I'm like, you know what? Uh, it's like a coin flip this series. I really felt it. So, you know what? I'll pick Tampa in seven. And then I was looking at the odds before the series began that the Islanders had for winning this series, which was amazing. And then Winning the Stanley Cup, and I really blew it because I think I should have thrown a few shekels down before this series began against Tampa. On the Islanders winning the Cup, I mean, I think it was like plus seven fifty or something unbelievably amazing, and I did not. And so, um, to answer your question, uh, you know, I, I I still think, you know, on paper, uh, you know, Tampa has. You know more skill but we know the staying like a player has so nothing to do with that it's really about how you play in the postseason um and you know the islanders um to be honest with you uncovered a uh, big weakness for tampa right now is the fact that they have depended too much on their power play and they had plenty of power play opportunities during those first two rounds of the playoffs and they only got two chances yesterday and the islanders stay out of the penalty box so I mean, that would give me a little bit of pause of throwing something down on Tampa. But, you know, maybe maybe that first line will come through and, you know, the the big boys will play like big boys. And I think that's what, you know, uh, head coach John Cooper and the Lightning are hoping for. And that's what most people, you know, experts who pick Tampa uh, believe is going to happen when this series ends.
3: Linda, you mentioned obviously this team in terms of the Islanders and probably all of us were probably uh, negligent in not taking them. But why does Barry Trotz not get enough credit? If you look at last, he's coached for 22 years. Last 17 years, he's had winning records in 16 out of the last 17 years. Wins a cup with Washington. Nobody could win in Washington. Nashville was a program he turned around. The Islanders, he comes there. They reduced the next year. The number of goals yielded by 100. I mean, at what point in time does this guy get talked about with these other great coaches in this league? I know some people who are... Like yourself who are hockey aficionados know how good he is but i just don't feel like he gets the do that him and his team deserve
4: yeah you know i think uh little by little he's been doing that and obviously if he can pull off this upset and it will be an upset you know if the islanders beat tampa no matter how close they are uh they're basically almost mirror images of each other uh during their last six playoff meetings they've split them but barry trotz he has a way of uh being a calming influence we always talk about a a goaltender right being a calming influence in that well i think it's just as important for your head coach to be that calming influence you don't want a guy going ballistic behind the bench you know we all get a kick a lot of people love the personality of just throwing out john tortorella because i'm a big fan of his but he has he's fiery and all that you'll you really rarely see that with barry Trotz, and he also knows how to play the game with the media he's just always this calming presence and that's islanders team is a reflection of that and it works for them and he has just an amazing system that he puts in and he makes them believe here's another thing guys that i think is very important in a head coach while some head coaches like to you know i don't know some of their stars i'll give you an example yesterday steven stamko's giveaway a turnover led to a matt barzell amazing goal to put the islanders up one nothing in that game yesterday against tampa as you guys all know Well, you know, John Cooper then benched Stamkos for a bit, right? And then in the previous series, Colorado Avalanche, Jared Bednar called out his big boys in the press, Nate McKinnon and Miko Ratnan, among others, I think it was between games three and four. That didn't sit well, I have a feeling. And I don't know how it's going to sit with Stamkos, but Barry Trotz throws Matt Barzell out against the Nikita Kucherov line in big spots yesterday even though Barzell has had issues in the past in this postseason being out there with the opposition's top line. But that's the trust, and that's how Trotz, you know, gets the most out of his players, and that's just one example.
2: We're speaking with Linda Cohen, the living legend from ESPN. You can find her in the crease on ESPN Plus, of course, SportsCenter for many, many years. Linda, let's shift to the Montreal Canadiens against our Vegas Golden Knights here. Game one tonight. Now, the series price is ridiculous. I mean... Montreal, no one's respecting (laughs) Montreal. I know the North was weak, but I mean, are you kidding me? I mean, you can get almost close to four to one on Montreal. They haven't trailed in seven hours of gameplay, but I'm concerned tonight about Jeff Petrie being questionable. I think he is maybe not the most heralded, but the most valuable of their defensemen. I'd like to put a bet on Montreal, but I'm concerned about Petrie's absence. How do you feel about game one tonight?
4: Oh come on! Put a bet on Montreal. It's so <laughs> tempting. Come on! I mean, I just a great prop bet too. Actually, I know I'm nuts, but uh, the team that scores first—you uh, know—it's really great odds if Montreal <laughs> scores first in this game. Um, I'm not saying Montreal's going to win, but I could see that happening. I re- even though the fortress is going to be off the charts crazy, I just think, you know, all of a sudden Vegas is reading how great they are. They've been home. They've had time off. And we all know how great they are. Hey, I picked them to win the Stanley Cup before the regular regular season began, okay? so But I don't know. I have a feeling about Montreal tonight. It's either going to be like, you know, Vegas is going to destroy them or Montreal is going to win 3-2. to two. I really feel, and I think when you have maybe a 25% chance that Montreal is going to win tonight and a you know uh maybe score the first goal i don't know maybe that's that's pretty good you know type of thing like it's not so i don't know this postseason has been so bizarre not only that montreal has come in seven straight wins and even though no petrie who yeah is probably the best defenseman they have even better than the captain shea Rever by a smidge um and they but they've won without him and uh, they have a seven-game winning streak, and uh, they've had a few days off. So those big guys, the big four in the back line, who's been great, their defense, I'm talking about Montreal, had some time to recover, rest, and get ready for a team. They, in the likes of Vegas, that you know, they haven't faced that in the North Division. They've, they've signed these big lines, big power in Toronto, and, you know, Winnipeg, but, you know, this is going to be uh, whatever the hell. I mean, it's just going to be... I don't know. I don't think it's that crazy, guys. I mean, you know, just don't bet the house, You can bet
3: something. <laughs> oh, oh, I, took, I took Montreal at 4-1 to win this series, and I think, guys, the, the part that's getting overlooked is Carey Price in 11 games in this postseason has given up 22 goals. There was one empty netter. This team has been dominant. Seven of the 11 games, they've conceded two goals or less. Linda, I feel like if Vegas falls behind, they're not going to have the ability like they did in Game 4 and Game 5 against Colorado to necessarily come back. I think Montreal makes it much more difficult the way they will defend, particularly in the third period.
4: You know, it's a fabulous point because the way Montreal plays five on five, the way they forecheck, the way they defend is much better than Colorado. I mean, Colorado, everyone was picking them in the cup because of their offense, right? They, you know, they were nonstop, allegedly, right, led by Nathan McKinnon. Uh, Terry Price, an interesting thing, and I like to usually go to not only what the X's and O's and the analytics But the mental aspect, I mean, Carey Price is one of those guys, uh, one of the greatest players is never to win a Stanley cup, right? He's never had uh, an opportunity like this uh, to get this done. I don't think he's had a defense like this. And I don't think he's been healthy when he's had a defense that's been close to this. There's still a lot of young talent here. But, you know, there are snipers on this team. And uh, I, I don't think it's crazy. I don't think it's crazy that Montreal can win this series. And here's... We all remember this because we follow the Vegas Golden Knights religiously. Is the fact that there have been times in this postseason, in the Minnesota series, in the Colorado series, that Vegas has gone through stretches, through patches of games where they were they failed to generate offense, or they just failed to generate, you know, shots on goal or a five-on-five kind of, uh, you know, lethal attack. So it's quite possible, you know, it's not out of the craziness of the realm of unbelievable that your bet might come through, you know, but we'll see how it goes. But I don't know. I'm looking at game one tonight, and I think carry Price can definitely steal one or two games. i pick Vegas in six, but I'm not going to be shocked if Montreal wins this series.
3: Mike, Linda doesn't know the way Rafa performed. I have no chance in this series. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Linda, you mentioned a couple prop bets that you like. Let's take a look at, the Conn Smythe Trophy, the current odds, and the four goaltenders are amongst the the first five choices. Mark Andre Fleury's plus one sixty-five. You get three to one on Andre Vasilevsky, four to one on Simeon Varlamov, ten to one on Carey Price, if you like the Canadians. And then of the position players, Mark Stone eight to one, Nikita Kucherov thirteen to one, Braden Point fifteen to one, Max Pacioretty twenty to one. Any value you see in one of those plays right now?
4: Yeah, I mean, you got to listen. If Vegas wins the cup you got to give it to Marc-Andre Fleury at this point. I don't see him not performing as well as he's been performing as he did the first two rounds. Uh, Before the uh, postseason start, I picked Mark Stone. Again, I believe Vegas is going to win the Cup, and I just thought Mark Stone, like Ryan O'Reilly did a few years ago with St. Louis, I thought he was going to be the guy. He still might be the guy, but right now when I think of Vegas and if they win the Cup, it's going to be Marc-Andre Fleury. Um, if Montreal pulls off the miracle, it's going to be Carey Price. It has to be. When there's a te- total team effort, you give it to the goalie. Now, if it's the Islanders' situation, I'm not sure yet if Barlamov would get it, although he deserves a lot of credit, but he didn't get them through the first round. Uh, not that that matters. We've seen precedent on that. Uh, but there's, there, you know, the Barzells, the Baileys. There's a lot of others yet to, you know, blossom on that, uh, on that team aspect. And uh, who did I leave out? I left out. I had Montreal. I had Vegas. I had, uh, oh, Tampa. Yeah, Braden Point. I really like if it happens. Uh, you know, right now, I would. I like Braden Point if it was going to be the Tampa Bay Lightning or Vasilevsky.
3: it's a terrific point. I'm going to throw one name in there, Mike. Nikita Kucherov, 19 points so far this postseason, leads all postseason players, including his teammate Braden Point, by six points right now.
2: He's certainly been a different yeah. since he came back. Linda, no one forgets your pick of 15 seeded cop in state over number two, South Carolina in 1997. <laughs> and we won't forget you picking our golden Knights. If they win the cup this year, thank you for the time this morning.
4: Hey, thanks for having me guys. Always fun. Good luck. Thank, thank you.
2: you. She's the best.
3: She
4: really is. And you can find it. her on Twitter at
2: Linda Cohn,
3: by the way, I do hope you and her are wrong on the VGK golden Knights here. I need Montreal at four to one. I think they got a great chance to her point. Carrie price has been tremendous. You look at both of these goaltenders. Andre Fleury and Price, what they've been able to do so far in this postseason. Mark andre Fleury, 1.91 goals against Carey Price, 1.97. But they won't take the dumb penalties that we saw Colorado and we saw Boston have taken thus far in the Speaking postseason.
2: Speaking of the penalty, I mean, look at the Islanders. They beat Boston because they stayed out of the box, and Boston couldn't, and you saw it again in Game 1. They stayed out of the box.
3: I tell you, VGK is going to have a decided advantage if Montreal gives up too many power play opportunities. All right, when we come back, we're going to
2: take a look at the action on the Diamonds, including a matchup of Aces, although I'm all my quibble with that. That's uh, he's wine. good.
0: Lance <laughs> Lynn is good now. That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void We're prohibited by law. See terms
3: and conditions. 18 plus.
2: Welcome back into the nuts. I'm Mike Palm. He's a mall. Shaw. Let's go to the diamond and talk about uh, the Major League Baseball tonight. Amal. mall. Yeah. Got some good pitching matchups here. Teams trending in right directions. We're going to start with your boy, Lance. No, we're not going to start. We'll finish with Lance. (laughs) Let's talk about the other Chicago team, the Cubs. Sweep the Cardinals. By the way, Kimbrell, filthy again this week. Nobody can touch this guy. He keeps getting these three strikeout saves. I mean, his stuff is
3: unbelievable. But do you get credit when the entire Major League Baseball hits about 220? Just kidding. No, he's been amazing. He really there has. There should be more good closers. Yeah, because, I know. because they're still blowing leads. You're, to your point, though, the Cubs have really been, you can see the difference. Look at this team now. In first place, really doing a nice job so far. Uh, yeah, win, t- winners of five in a row. Tied
2: with the Brewers, and, and they've been playing well, despite not scoring a ton of runs. All right, Jake Arrieta, fake tough guy, as you call him, takes them out tonight against David Peterson, here for the Cubs. You can get plus uh, around plus 105 on the Cubs tonight. Arietta's five and six got 11 decisions already. He, you know the numbers aren't impressive. ERA up around five, WHIP around a one around one and a half. But he did outduel Yu Darvish at Petco uh, early last week. Peterson's been terrible for the Mets on a team that's three or four games in front in the NL East. He's got a 6.32 ERA. He's one 5 five, one five one. You see that reflected in the total tonight, eight and a half. I see some nines around town. I'd look over or Cubs here if I was going to play this game.
3: I agree with you on both of those. I would look towards the over more so because the one concern I have is with Ariette on the flip side. Last 20 and two-thirds innings pitch, he's given up 15 earned runs. He's definitely not a tough guy. I mean, this guy can't get through the fifth inning. You look at the last five starts, he has not gone past five innings. Um, for me, he's not a guy I'm looking to back here. I think this game, I think we see a way where both teams get to four runs. My one concern is the Mets' offense lack of consistency.
2: I'll tell you. The Padres are good for the meds. They make Marcus Stroman look like Cy Young every time they come out against him. I mean, he beat him again for the second time in six days on Saturday. I'm a guy that's an under player. I would lean first five over here over four and a half just because the Cubs bullpen has been so effective. You know Arietta's only going to go five. Even in San Diego, he was pitching a three-hitter. He only went five innings.
3: Yeah, absolutely. That is one concern. The only reason, though, sometimes on an eight-and-a-half, I half, I'd like to play the entirety of the game. 4-4. Four, four. Yeah, absolutely right. You get that forced run, whereas if you're a 2-2 two, two at the end of five, and then you went up with a 4-4 four, four scenario, you would have gotten a winner. But you make an excellent point. With the way the Cubs' bullpen has performed, it does concern you in terms of going up against them in the later innings.
2: The Baby Jays have crushed the ball the last two days at Fenway, and now try to take this two-game winning streak against Nathan Evoldi tonight. Alec Manoa, the kid who's 1 and 0 and 2 starts for uh, for Toronto opposes a Voldy 7 and 3 411 ERA 129 uh, a whip against Manoa, who had the great start at Yankee Stadium and then uh, and then no decision 1 and 0 3.14 1.19 little bit of value here on the Jays you can get around plus 115 maybe even 118 in some spots with a total nine and a half, both games have uh, have gone over the last couple of
3: days. Yeah, Red Sox offense really not doing much <laughs> either. Robbie Ray gives up two runs in the fifth inning, but Mike, at that point it was thirteen to one, and you're just looking to get outs, put the ball in play, and get out of there. So I'm not uh, looking at like this offense is flourishing. Uh, they did technically have six runs in the last two games. But the Jays offensively have been on fire. Eight home runs yesterday. Fenway Park road record for the visitors. Uh, I would look towards Toronto here. It's hard to go against a team that, that uh, playing that well offensively. How about Vladdy Jr. right now? Just tremendous. 21 bombs. You know, his father was one of my favorite players to watch because a ball could be six feet over his head or three feet in the dirt, and he's still swinging at it.
2: He'd hit it off the bounce. Right, yeah, exactly.
3: He <laughs> was unbelievable. A uh, Hall of Famer, no doubt, and justifiably so. Tyler Glass now in the Tampa
2: Bay Rays, first place in the AL East. Go to Cellular One tonight on the south side of Chicago to take on Big Daddy Lance Lynn and the first place in the AL Central Chicago White Sox. Glass now 5-2, two, a whip under 1.93, 117 strikeouts them all in 84 innings against Big Daddy Lance Lynn. 7-1, 1-2-3, one, a whip of 0. .88, 72 strikeouts versus 17 walks in 65 and two-thirds innings. And lo and behold, the Tampa Bay Rays are favored in this game, of all A total of flat seven in the American League.
3: Yeah, I'll tell you what, Glassnow's <laughs> been terrific, but I'm a little bit surprised to see them as a favorite here. Your guy, Lance Lynn, has been outstanding. And this White Sox team, they just find ways to win games. I'm sitting there tracking the White Sox game against the Tigers yesterday. I felt pretty good about my position. The game went so quickly, I was checking the Tigers. I, I don't know how people do it, but I always cover, what I do is I check the inning. And then the team I don't have... You check I, the score. score. first. I'm like, oh, good. Tiger's still at one. Okay, I'm good. You know, I'm not losing yet. Well, he only had one hit
2: yesterday. though. Yeah. So Rondon was flirting with the flirting with the no-hitter again.
3: Uh, he's been tremendous. Yeah. He's not getting enough credit. And that's why I'm surprised to see the Sox as a road... Excuse me, home dog here. Have to look at them here. By the way, another thing I would look at in this matchup, Mike, run line play either side. I don't think we're going to get a ton of runs... But I think we could see either side win at a 3-1-4-2 type of game. You look at the Rays right now, plus 150 on the run line. If you take the White Sox, they're going to be probably about plus 160 on the reverse run line.
2: The White Sox have been playing awful well. I watched every game in that series in Detroit. Derek actually happened to go to the game. First time he's been in a game in a couple of years. Yesterday said it felt very good. He got uh, you know about two and a half hours worth of excitement out of it.
3: <laughs> <laughs> That's about it. You're going to get out of that Tigers team.
2: All right, when we come back, we're going to take a look at the Palm Reader playbook. I think I got about... Five plays tonight around, uh, it's not around a Friday. Around the yeah, around the globe and we'll see if them all can bounce back. I felt bad for him when he was head to head with Gill in the women's final at Roland Garros. Okay, what about the other fifteen <laughs> losses the other way? That's up next on the nuts. This summer, it's time to update your sports betting wardrobe with some new v gear. We've got hats, shirts, and mugs with all the v logos or fun sports betting sayings like and tickets is what it's all about or it's not under till it's over or chicks dig the long snapper. Visit the v store today at vsncom store and find the perfect item for yourself or as a gift. That's vsncom store. You know, Sunday uh-huh. is going to be Father's Day, all. This would be a great gift for your dad or if kids are out there listening or maybe even treat yourself to something.
3: Yeah, I don't celebrate forced holidays upon me so the commercialism can continue when there's nothing to sell in the middle of May, June, and July. Well, I was
2: going to talk to you after the show today about Father's Day reflections to close on Friday. I guess it'll be just me, myself, and I. <laughs> yeah, of course. All right, let's start out. I'm all the bounce back from Roland Garros. Where are you going tonight?
3: I'm uh, going to go to the ice. Uh have the Habs to win the series at 4-1, to one, but I'm going to go with this game under 5.5. I think both teams have been tremendous defensively. Marc-Andre Fleury, I talked about Carey Price earlier when we had Linda Cohn on. Marc-Andre Fleury has given up in... Uh, 8 of 12 games, he's given up two goals or less. He's been tremendous. 1.91 goals against. Carey Price, 1.97 goals against. If Montreal is going to win a game or two here in Vegas, it's got to be lower scoring, it's got to be defensive, and that's where they're going to make their mark, and I think this is one game you're going to see lower scoring. I'm surprised, I haven't looked yet, but I'm surprised if you don't have a play on the first period under one and a half.
2: I will have a play. It's not in the playbook, and I and I listened to Randy McKay on Follow the Money uh, with Maddie and Mitch this morning. Uh, he likes both the first period under and the game under here. I think I think it will. I think it's a definitely lean game, a uh, lean under game. I don't mind your play here on the total game because well, it's not an elimination game. Uh and Montreal's so good. It's so hard to score on them. Well, thank you for your approval. Well, you know how I feel about empty net situations I, At the I understand. End of games. They they just upset me so much.
3: I understand my one concern first period why I don't particularly care for the one and a half right now. Neither team they've they've had a few days off. And you could see a bad goal given up early on, and then you're kind of facing an uphill battle with a goal, let's say, given up the first five, six minutes. That's my one concern.
2: I didn't go back and look at it, but remember Price in, in seven games against Toronto only gave up one first-period goal. That's true. Yeah, remember that's that? That's That's why I played one of those Winnipeg games with him under. All right, let's, let's switch over to the Palm Reader playbook for today. I'm going to the Euros. I'm going to this game at noon. And by the way, I love this the spacing. Three hours apart. Uh, it's, it's beautiful, it's but every this,
3: day it's the same. So it's just great. D- during the NFL, it's better to live on the West Coast. Right now, during Euro Cup, I better. wish I was on the East Coast. 9, nine 12, 12 3. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And we get 6 9. Yeah, and 12 yeah. It's not
2: too bad, but that's exciting. I had six to, get, I had to set my early.
3: alarm this morning for the Czech uh, Scott game. As my friend E Scots. says,
2: I only can play endgame on that 6 a.m. <laughs> I'm not up before it goes off. I so see You can bet it tonight before E. Okay, uh, let's start out there. I don't think Spain's conceding to Sweden today, and so I'm going to take this under. I thought this, if it was two and a half, it'd be juiced heavily. And really maybe a two, but no, it's it's a two and a half and you only have to lay five cents juice. I want to address this point to them all. You know, on Friday I had the two unit play Turkey, Italy, under two and a half, right? And it was zero zero at half. They score Italy scores three second half goals, including an own goal, uh, a rebound. But whatever. You you don't lose on that game. You know, but, it, it goes down in the playbook as a three unit loss because I was laying one fifty. I bet over one and a half at halftime, right? And was hoping at 75 minutes I was going to land a nice middle. Well, I, I didn't lose. I broke even on the bet, but that's the point of it. If you get through these first halves, you've created value. And I don't bet games that I don't have an end game opportunity on. Anyway, yeah, I don't think Spain's going to is going to concede today. So the worst case scenario I think here is two to nothing. That's why I played this with very little juice to the under two and a half.
3: Yeah, you bring up an excellent point. For people that are unfamiliar with in the round robin stage, there's four teams. Three uh, games are played in the group stages. And the accumulative goals matter in case teams are tied on points, so it could be very critical in terms of advancing. Assuming the Swedes lose this game, you don't want to give up a three spot here against the Spaniards. You got to at least keep them. Worst case scenario, to two. If you're going to get through and have a possibility of advancing.
2: Yeah, when talking about a betting end game in these tournaments where the goal differential matters and getting to the knockout round, you know, a team's down three nothing. Don't think the game's going to end five nothing. They've yeah. got to try to keep it as tight as possible so that they're still in it with the tiebreakers. Absolutely. At the end. Yeah. Uh, let's go now to the one-unit plays. I'm going to hit this NBA play tonight. I just think, look, the Hawks played so well. They won 18 in a row at home, and then they just they couldn't have played any worse Friday night in that game against Philadelphia. Uh, I, I think they bounce back here. I like the three points. I think it's a little bit of an overreaction. Could be wrong, but I think it's worth a play. Tigers with Matthew Boyd, who's much improved from last year against big, bad Brad Keller. This game in Kansas City, I'm going to take a first five. Under five here, it'll take six to beat me, lay five cents on the juice. We talked about how bad the Diamondbacks are. Losers of 24 of 25, 19 in a row on the road. They go back on the road. They go to San Francisco tonight. Giants aren't hitting that much. That's probably why you're getting a plus price here on the, the minus the run and a half. But this Arizona team is as bad as it gets. I, I don't remember seeing a team that's gone through a stretch like this, 24 out of 25, 19 in a row on the road. I'm going to take Wood and the Giants minus the run and a half at a plus price tonight. And then Maeda's had a couple weeks off. I Seattle... Amal is hitting 209 as a team.
3: This team is two, horrendous two, offensively. They broke out against Bieber yesterday. I'm also a little bit upset about Saturday, Mall. Oh, the the blown I lead bet by the Cucchi. This... Uh-huh. They're up four-one
2: in the ninth with two two outs, no one on, and two strikes, and lose the game.
3: It's, it's unbelievable. I
2: mean, what's they... wrong with Hand and Kendall Graveman close? He hasn't given up an earned run. Uh, he hadn't given up an earned run all year in 16 innings.
3: Yeah, because the, anal- the analytics say you can't pitch on a day he, ending in D.A.Y. But he
2: can't get you six outs. I mean, the guy was a
3: starter for seven years.
2: I, it's I, unbelievable. I, I don't know. I'm a little salty about that. But I'm going to take my eight in lay 130 on the road. Okay, we're, we're through uh, four days of Euros. I'm all uh, first impressions here.
3: You know, so far, kind of status quo. Uh, I thought we saw the goal of the tournament by Schick today for the Czech Republic. If you haven't seen this, (laughs) that was unbelievable. By the way, my question is, why is the goaltender so far off the line? What are you doing? I get it. You want to cut off a breakaway, but come on. You don't need to be that far off the line in the back. Uh, Terrible goal given away. Really crushed Scotland. Any hope they had. The game ended right there. It's amazing. He can hit it
2: from 50-plus yards out. All in the air and have it land, you know, just under the goalpost because you can't kick it on the ground. The goalie can get to it. He had to fly it over his head.
3: No, absolutely. And to me, uh, when you look at this team right now, uh, the Czech Republic trending well. Look, you got Croatia and England still to go. Uh, you got three points clear. You're actually leading on goal differential over the English. So a great opportunity for them to advance if they can get a draw against Croatia.
2: Any takeaway from the 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 Finland win over Denmark? I know we had obviously we had the the. The medical situation, I was shocked they continued to play the game, but I was still shocked that they come away with the three points there.
3: Yeah, you know what, Christian Eriksen going down, and we wish him well, obviously, for the Danes, had a huge impact. Kasper Schmeichel gives up a bad oh. goal that he would never have given up the way he played all year long. I think that had a huge impact. You saw so many players like McMenamin on ESPN say, hey, they should not have resumed the game. Thought it had a profound impact. Uh, I, I'm still waiting. I can't wait to see the French get on the, on the pitch. Uh, they're going to be a team that can pay attention to, along with the Portuguese.
2: Uh, yeah, I think I agree with you. Status quo. You haven't seen really much movement in the opening in the opening lines as to win the win the cup. France still favored, although in that difficult group with Germany, we're going to see them play tomorrow. Yeah,
3: um, no De Bruyne still correct. Yeah, no De Bruyne, but I'll tell you what, Romelo Lukaku stepped up big time, two goals. And I was thinking about that with the Belgians. Uh, you mm-hmm. look at this team, the talent that they have. And by the way. Kevin De Bruyneer has to be the greatest teammate in the history of time. For people that don't know, Thibaut Courtois, who's the goaltender, an elite-level goaltender, cheated on uh, De Bruyneer with his girlfriend, or what have you. His girlfriend cheated with uh, Courtois, and De Bruyneer said, "You know, let's keep uh, Courtois on the team because he gives us the best chance to win." This team is still dangerous. They need De Bruyneer back in the middle, healthy. He's one of the best midfielders in the world.
2: Little different than Russ in Seattle, huh?
3: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
2: All right. When we come back. America's favorite secret pleasure. It's a mall guesses. That's next on the nuts.
3: With exclusive bets, daily specials, odds boost, and the largest offer of live in-play options, River Sportsbook is the industry leader when it comes to online sports betting. And to make your experience even more rewarding, BetRivers Rivers offers the most live streams of major sports, instant payouts, and only one-time playthrough. Bet Rivers, your hometown sportsbook. Offered valid in Colorado, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Virginia, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. Available at playsugarhouse.com in New Jersey. Must be 21. Gambling Problem, Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania call one 800 gambler Indiana 1-809 with it. Colorado one 800 522 4700 Michigan one 800 270 7117 Virginia one 888 532 3500 Iowa, will call 1-800-BETS-OFF.
2: Welcome back in, welcome back into the Nuts. I'm Mike Palm. He's Amal Shaw. Everybody's been waiting for this for 45 minutes. Amal, it's this <laughs> great segment we do, Amal guesses. And now you can see from the graphic the teams. Amal, let's just say going into this, you had no idea who the teams were going to be. You just knew wow. you'd be guessing. Well, college J- football win totals.
3: Jacob's always happy I don't look at the rundowns. So why would I change well, that's things? That's how we to... hit it from you. Yeah. We put it in the rundowns. Yeah,
2: exactly. So, we knew there'd be no way. So we're going to go through these one by one, and we'll have them all guess the college uh, football season total win total. These are brought to you by DraftKings. Let's start at the top, obviously, with the defending national champion. Oh, this N- is an easy one. Nick Saban not in a contract year here, so I don't know if that affects... That <laughs> that does it does affect my thinking a little affects, bit. affects your thinking a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Season win total for... The Alabama Crimson Tide. Yeah, remember,
3: all. this does not include the postseason bowl game or the conference championship. Uh, I'm going to go with 11.5 here on the Crimson Tide. What? I'm waiting for the sound effect.
2: There you go. i oh, almost, <laughs> almost exactly. We should have made him guess the juice and had to get it within five seconds. No, I would
3: have never would known that one. This one's would you have thought easier. the under was juiced? Yeah, because remember they can drop one, one game and they're still not the same team as they were last year. Last year, I don't think they got enough credit for how historically great of a football team they were. Remember, they won the national championship by twenty-eight I, points.
2: I think they were historically great offense. I don't think it was it, their defense matches up with the defenses yeah. he had about you know ten, that, twelve that, years that's ago.
3: A, that's a fair argument. I, right. I would agree yeah. with that. But that's their true. offense was yeah was they're like right a pro up there offense. with LSU. Uh, yeah. What we saw two years ago, uh, you know, you know some of the '90s uh, teams out of Florida, the, the Danny Werfel and them in '96. I think they're right up there with anybody. Look, look
2: the Buckeyes had plenty of speed on defense, and so they couldn't slow this team down.
3: Well, the Buckeyes haven't slowed anybody down in two out of the last three years, so it doesn't matter on defense. All right, surprisingly, we're going to stay in the
2: SEC. The Florida Gators, them all.
3: Going to go nine and a half here. I think this Florida team's going to be dangerous. The big question is who's going to replace my quarterback, uh, Kyle Trask.
2: Judges are waiting here because it's nine, It's nine. it's nine flat. We'll give it to you. Uh, oh, if you're giving
3: me the half, I think I I'm going about 7-1 uh, here. Maybe not,
2: because it's juiced to the under. So it's really closer to 8.5 than it is to 9. We probably needed a buzz on that one.
3: I didn't know if there was an in-play situation where I had to guess the halves. Yeah. So you would Would you go over 9 plus 110 here? You know, I haven't broken down the Gator schedule enough to really see. To me, if Emory Jones is the quarterback, I don't necessarily believe the Gators as much. Still lost a lot. You know, Kyle Pitts last year, Mike, everyone talked about Trevor Lawrence, but you and I are in agreement on this. Kyle Pitts was, like Chase Young two years ago was the best player in college football. Kyle Pitts, to me, unequivocally was the best player in college football last year.
2: You're high on the Georgia Bulldogs. I'm interested in your number here. Ten and a half, and we're going over.
3: Exactly. you got to lay 135 juice here. Well, here's the thing. Remember, they opened the game in Charlotte against Clemson. Yes. That's going to be negated as a loss, and I think when you look at the rest of the SEC schedule, I think they play Alabama in Tuscaloosa. So people will probably point towards the under on this Alabama I and mean, Georgia schedule. But I think they had a great chance to go 11-1 and 1 or even 12-0. I think this team is going to be dangerous. JT Daniels under center. Big question mark for me with the dogs is defensively, particularly in the secondary. But remember, uh, they have some transfers coming in. Kendrick, uh, the transfer from Clemson, he's going to make a difference for this team. Ringo's got to step up big time. Keely Ringo, big time recruit. Georgia Bulldogs need him to step up this year.
2: So in a game of the year line, let's say if it's put out early, you would take Georgia
3: over Alabama straight up in that game? I, you know, it depends. Uh, here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Game of the year, depending on what the number is, but I want to see how teams are playing. I want to see how JT Daniels is performing. I want to see uh, how Bryce uh, Jones is doing. Uh, Bryce, I forgot the kid's name, Bryce, uh, down at uh, Alabama, but he's expected to be the starter. Uh, I want to see how these teams kind of project out a little bit because Alabama's got a lot to replace the receiver position.
2: Remember we talked about the opening number, Clemson in Georgia, right? Yeah, I think four, four and a half. It was four. You said six. It yeah. was four, I believe. No. Uh, you like him in that game, or that's a stay away I the love opening.
3: the opening? I love the dogs in yeah. that one. I think they'll be ready. You know, look, one thing that Ryan Day and the offense of Ohio State exposed against Brent Venables is if this guy can't plagiarize your plays, he doesn't know what the hell is going on. I mean, they beat on them. It was like Michael Fay getting caned in Singapore over there. They scored, what, seven straight possessions yeah. they scored against him? It was just bang, I mean, bang, bang, yeah, bang By bang. the way, you know the funny thing is everyone points to the throw he had against Sheamus and Williams. They forget he had Garrett Wilson wide open. He missed him on that when he threw it to Williams for the touchdown pass. All right, Coach O and the LSU Bengal Tigers. Uh, eight and a half here, maybe nine. I don't think LSU is going to be as good as people think they are. Some question marks with this team. Uh, lSU is, is a lot of question marks for them they're in a tough division am's going to be very good this year you obviously Alabama's going to be there auburn can they bounce back remember harson comes in from Boise State how well can they perform with him that's a big question mark for me so i think lSU uh that number seems a little bit optimistic i would lean towards the under here i think that win eight ball games could come down to one game and
2: you see the juice on the number is to the under as well
3: yeah 125.
2: All right, let's go to the other team that's playing Georgia in the opener, the Clemson Tigers. Well,
3: you know, it's, uh, before I answer this question, Mike, it's going to be tough for Clemson. They're going to play one game this year. It's the first week of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to go with 11 and a half. It comes down to whether you believe they beat Georgia or not, because they played nobody in the ACC. Don't tell me about Manny Diaz and the Hurricanes.
2: It is 11 and a half, yeah. plus 110 to the over. So it's juice to the under that they're going to lose one game along the way, either to Georgia or somewhere in that tough
3: ACC. Yeah, tough ACC. Are we talking basketball because I love Brown, I love what Tony Bennett does. Mac Brown gives some problems there. Mac Brown does, <laughs> and you know what? Sam Howell back under center. This uh, <laughs> North Carolina team is going to be dangerous. The problem I have is you don't have Carter and Williams back at the tailback position. It's going to be tough to slow them down uh, in the air. But can they do it on the ground?
2: Okay, uh, my school, University of Notre Dame. You said this would be tough if this was. Yeah, on the list. I wasn't
3: sure. I'm assuming Notre Dame is going to be probably be about a nine, nine and a half. I'll, I'll, I'll go with. Oh, this is credit. incredible. Yeah.
2: Arguably, you're six for six, arguably. I I the, the Florida, no, I got to go one. Go Florida one wrong. yeah Yeah, probably.
3: Uh, I think, look, Notre Dame, you got to replace Ian Book. You know you know who Ian Book reminds me a little bit of, and Notre Dame fans can relate, especially if you live out on the West Coast. Jake Browning at Washington got progressively worse. Remember a sophomore year, Peterson and them made it to the postseason against Alabama? His junior year and his senior year, he, completed to regre- he continued to regress, and that's the same thing that happened with... Uh, with Ian Book at Notre Dame, he got progressively worse. I thought he was the guy who would take some steps forward. I think Notre Dame's got good talent. They don't have elite-level talent where they can compete with the Bama's, the Clemsons of the world. I think this team's got some question marks. they got to play the Trojans, obviously, one of the best rivalries in college football. Um, I'm not sure about Notre Dame. I, I'm not sure what to make of them. Well, you got the number right.
2: Big day for all the Notre Dame alum and Notre Dame backers today. Who would have ever thought that the biggest game in Notre Dame sports in the last thirty years, would be Game Three in the Starkville Super Regional.
3: Yeah, exactly right. Starkville is never easy to play, whatever sport it is. They led three different times in
2: Game One, end up losing nine eight, and then and then they won nine one yesterday. So it all come down to depth of pitching with their chance to make it to, to Omaha.
3: It, it's impressive any team from that part of the country that when they have good baseball. Cold spots, weather, yeah, yeah it's absolutely very tough. It's tough in cold yeah.
2: weather, right? You get, you get play against kids that play three hundred sixty five days a year. All right. Uh, Derrick School, the University of Michigan. This is an interesting number. Yeah,
3: I'm not sure about this one. I was thinking probably eight to eight and a half because I'm not sure what the (laughs) Marines are going to be, but I'm going to tell you. Oh, seven and a half. Okay, I I wanted to say one and a half. Seven and a half juiced over, though. It's close to eight,
2: 135.
3: Yeah, I I look at Michigan uh, just simply because of the program, the talent they still have. You would expect them to be able to win five to six games by just showing up. Uh, Seven and a half to me, I'd have to look at the schedule a little bit to see what they are. But overall, I, I think this team is going to be—it's uh, going to be a challenging season for them. And then your school, the Ohio State University—it's it's, going to be one of two numbers. It's going to be ten and a half, or it's going to be eleven. And to me, I, I would probably lean towards—well, uh, he put it up at eleven. Eleven juiced over. <laughs> yeah, because here's the thing—they play Oregon at home. Remember, the game was supposed to be played yep. in Eugene Autzen Stadium last year. Got postponed. Buckeyes at home. Oregon's got to replace a lot of talent, but they should be very good defensively. Keyvon Thibodeau, if you haven't seen this kid play out of California, unbelievable. A, I would call him a, a slightly lesser version of Chase Young. Not quite as good as Chase Young, but should be a top five pick in the 2022 draft. He's a difference maker. I love Mario Cristobal's offensive lines. Sewell's got a young brother, a brother who's playing on that line. He should be effective. Not quite Penny Sewell level, but this team could be dangerous. Break down the Big Ten for me. Well, it's going to be Ohio State. And then you look at it, what does Wisconsin do? That's the big question mark. Quarterback play, always the question at Camp Randall. If they can ever find a quarterback, this team is very dangerous. I love the way they uh, defend very well. To me, Jim Leonard's defense is always one of the best in the country. They're a dangerous team. I think Penn State, big question marks around them and James Franklin this year. they got to have a bounce back here. I'll tell you the other thing, Rutgers is no longer the, the speed bump in the road. They could be a challenging team, particularly in Piscataway for certain matchups. Uh, Indiana, can Tom Allen repeat what they did last year? Got some good transfers coming in. Stole a recruit from Ohio State, which is very impressive. So this is a team trending in the right direction. And the Gophers, can the boat rowers get back to where they were a couple of years ago? You didn't mention the University of Iowa. Yeah, because the problem with Iowa is lack of consistency. Going, You know this as well as anybody. Going to Kinnick is always tough. Particularly night games at Kinnick mm-hmm. Stadium. One of the best places. I'll tell you right now. I'm going to give you three places if you haven't been to a college football game. Kinnick Stadium. Eugene, Autzen Stadium, and the best place in America to watch a college football game, Husky Stadium in Seattle. Unbelievable backdrop. But I think the Iowa Hawkeyes still some question marks. They will defend, they'll run the football, but I don't know if they're good enough talent-wise to play with some of the other teams in the league who spread the ball around.
2: I want to ask you a a macro question about the University of Nebraska. Scott Frost there. Do you see Nebraska being able to rise to the level of a Big Ten championship anytime in the near future?
3: I, I don't. Their recruiting is not what it once they was. They can't recruit in Texas because they got out of the Big 12. Well, not only that. Remember that, when they That kills them. But remember, when they were winning national titles, Lawrence Phillips was from California. Yeah. Uh, Tommy uh, Frazier was from Bradenton, Florida. They went all over the country. They're not recruiting at that same You'd level. I think
2: Scott Frost could still recruit in Florida? He was Absolutely
3: there. right. But they're just not winning enough. And I think one of the things that's going to hurt them, we see this with a lot of programs. When you hire an alum, and a guy who had tremendous success with Scott Frost. Remember, they won the national title in '97. Um, I, I think they probably need to make a change, and they're not doing it because he—you know—he's kind of Nebraska's favorite son. And to have a guy like him, he represents the program in the right way. But they're just not getting it done on the field. There's too much prestige, too much success at that program to be down the way they are. You know, I was a
2: Nebraska fan growing up as a small kid. I li- really like Tom Osborne. Uh, I bet you're going with Bob Devaney. Yeah, you know, I'm not that old. Uh, but the problem, I thought, was, you know, police, first of all, Solich won nine game every year and they fired him, right? He was yeah. like Bill Guthrie, a so he's the yeah. longtime assistant. But but then they brought in Callahan, who wanted to change it to this West Coast-style pass happy off, and I think the whole program lost its identity.
3: It really did, but Callahan's not one of their guys. You need mm-hmm. to have somebody that has roots within the program, and I know Frost hasn't taken them in the right direction, but to your point, Solich was tremendous. They just didn't give him maybe enough time there.
2: Thanks for tuning in today. Stay tuned to Visa and up next, Betting Across America.
1: Zumo Play.